This EHIV Review Special Edition podcast is presented by DKB Med Radio. Hello, this is Dr. Matt Spinelli. I'm here speaking with Dr. Chloe Teo, Professor of Medicine from the Division of Infectious Diseases at Johns Hopkins University. Very nice to speak with you today. I'm particularly intrigued by a case of your patient who was living with HIV and then experienced COVID-19 and developed an opportunistic infection somewhat surprisingly. Can you tell me a little bit about this case? Sure. It was an interesting case. So this is a 60-year-old gentleman with a multidrug-resistant HIV who was on antiretroviral therapy, suppressed with an HIV RNA less than 20. His last CD4 count in 2017 was 617%, 26%. He also had treated hepatitis C, chronic hepatitis C, and hypertension. And in mid-March, he called me with a fever to 101, dry cough, and progressed to kind of an achy feeling all over with fatigue. He did tell me at the time that about three days prior to his symptoms, he had traveled to a conference where he hugged people and was around a lot of other people. At that point, I had told him to see what happens over the next day or two, and then he called me back and said that he had developed some thrush. I did prescribe him my sentence, which is a swallow, and sent him in for a SARS-CoV-2 test. It did come back positive, and at the time that it came back positive, which was several days later... He did also uh, develop some severe back pain. In the end, it took about 14 days from the time he started his symptoms for his fever to resolve. And I did see him back in clinic about four months after his initial symptoms. And his CD4 count at that point had not come back up to normal. It was 536 and 20.6%. Well, that's a fascinating case. I think many of us are worried about the transient lymphopenia with COVID-19 and how that will infect our patients. What lessons from this case do you think that clinicians should take who are treating people living with HIV who are recovering from COVID-19? And should we consider risk for opportunistic infection somewhat differently in this case? Yeah, so I think that's an interesting question. As you mentioned, we do know that COVID-19 decreases lymphocytes, including CD4 T cells. So I think that one of the lessons from this case is that even though this gentleman had a very high, relatively high CD4 count, as I mentioned, was 617, prior to his infection with COVID-19, he still developed thrush. So I think even in someone with a high CD4 count, you still need to even watch for OIs. Because it was COVID-19, it was very early in the epidemic, he obviously didn't come in to get any blood drawn. So we don't know exactly how low his CD4 count went. It would have been interesting to find out. But I think the other lesson to learn is that it can take a while for the CD4 count to come back. So it's not just in the immediate period that you need to look for or be aware that OIs might develop. It may take several weeks for the CD4 count to return. As I mentioned, even four months later, his CD4 hadn't returned to baseline. I think the other important lesson to learn is that as with all patients with COVID-19, they have to be watched very closely because they can get worse pretty quickly. You know, he never had to be hospitalized, but I was talking to him almost every day, asking him about his shortness of breath uh, symptoms. And I think the other thing important to realize is that we know now from studies that HIV does not really increase the risk for getting COVID-19. You know, he obviously had risk factors from traveling and hugging people. And so I still think it's the same emphasis to our patients is to wear a mask and social distance. And that if they do that, just because they have HIV doesn't increase their chances of getting COVID-19. And it doesn't seem like HIV increases the risk for severe COVID-19 either. Well, I think this is a fascinating case with important lessons, how we think diagnostically when HIV and COVID-19 interact. 
I just want to turn right now to think a little bit about how efforts to eliminate HIV, hepatitis B and C and their epidemics will be impacted by COVID-19. How should clinicians respond and become involved in the response? I think there are a couple of things. We know from data that there are fewer people who are actually getting tested for HIV and hepatitis C and hepatitis B. So I think it's important to test people if they have risk factors for one of these infections. We also know that there have been fewer ART starts because people are afraid to come in to see a doctor because of the risk of getting COVID-19 and more people have been missing clinic visits. So I think it's important for doctors to get the message out there that, you know, it is safe to go to the doctor. You know, doctor's offices are following CDC guidelines in terms of making sure there's ample time between patients and doing the cleaning that's recommended by the CDC. So I think that with these protective measures in place, it is safe to go to the doctor's office. And so patients should feel comfortable going and not feel like they're going to get COVID-19 from going to the doctor. I think the risk of not starting your ART or missing a clinic visit or not going to the pharmacy to pick up your medication is a greater risk than there is for getting COVID-19. Well, I think these are incredibly important points and a good thing for us to end on in this podcast. Thanks so much, Dr. You're welcome. Enjoyed speaking with you. For EHAV Review, I'm Dr. Matt Spinelli.